0: Another preseason preview. This time we are doing CPL, formerly known as MPL Two. See, we got it. We got it correct straight off the uh, bad boys. Let's see how we go from that. As always, we have Michael and our MPL Two slash CPL slash um Capital. What, what, what was it called before this? Whatever it was Capital, called, before
1: this Capital League. So we've joined Capital, um, yep.
0: Capital League expert uh, Chris Webb. Webby, thanks for joining us today, and how's it going?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. And, you yeah, know, every, everything's going good. I'm up in uh, sunny Brisbane at the moment. So, uh, enjoying the long weekend that we have.
0: That's awesome. Glad to hear you're enjoying that. Michael, uh, thanks for joining you again. And how are you going?
2: Yeah, been pretty good, Matt. Um, just, yeah, I think enjoying the long weekend whilst it, whilst it sort of lasts before we. Uh, you know, go back to go back to work tomorrow. So just trying to soak it all in and enjoy it as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I beat you to it. I was already working today just for a little bit, so uh, got done with yeah. that straight into this. And before we get straight into this uh, preview, we would uh, like to thank our sponsor.
2: We here at Eminem Podcasts are very proud to talk to you about our very first sponsor called Line Market a new local business emerging in the sport and technology arena.
0: That's right, Michael. Line Market is a new business operating the ACT and surrounding regions, and their product delivers accurate line markings for all sports and special functions using the latest technology.
2: That's right, Matt. And this includes all sports that we either take part in or have watched on TV at some point. And this ranges from football, rugby league, rugby union, hockey, Aussie rules, gridiron, baseball, softball, athletic tracks of any size and associated disciplines and more.
0: Yeah, look, that sounds like it covers a lot of ground, Michael. And playing right now are the images and videos of this machine at work. And by God, it's a beauty. If you're interested in these services or know someone that would be, do not hesitate to contact the business owner of this fantastic new initiative, Ken Yalg, through his email, linemarket at tpg.com.au or his work mobile 0493 241 646 contact details and social media pages will be available to access at our facebook page m M&M and podcast but if you are watching this on facebook it will be attached to the post
2: that's absolutely right matt and you know better than anyone else here at m M&M podcasts we believe this business is fantastic for local canberra sport and surrounding regions whilst it couples its work with the finest new technologies. Formerly uh, MPL 2 is now uh, the CPL uh, Capital uh, Premier League as, as we all know. Uh, there'll be uh, promotion and relegation uh, from uh, MPLs, MPL as well as uh, CPL uh, and state league uh, now as well heading into this season. So that's another change up that we're all going to experience for the season uh, 2022 moving forward. Um, you know, I, th- I think this sort of adds to the heightened uh, intensity and storylines uh, for the season that will that will occur. You know, we'll, we'll, we will try to provide uh, score updates uh, from State League One uh, occasionally when we're uh, on the podcast uh, discussing the different leagues and, and results and whatnot. So, um, Chris, what? Do, what? Do you, first of all, what are your thoughts on this concept that's been introduced for the season uh, two thousand and twenty two, where we've got now? promotion relegation between CPL and State League
1: One? Uh, Yeah, look, I I think it's a really good idea. Um, Everything kind of is about barriers to entry um, and and trying to remove those. And obviously one of the things that was talked about was expanding the size of the leagues. Um, And for a number of reasons, it was kind of thought that it it was better to keep them at eight and eight in terms of the kind of competition balance and not wanting to dilute the competition. But at the same time, there needed to be that kind of access to the leagues for um, aspiring clubs. So having that promotion and relegation go down to the third tier was kind of probably the easiest way to do that. And and it really gives clubs, you know, like the likes of Juventus and Madura and Bell North um, and Woden Valley, who are kind of keen to push up into that next tier, the opportunity. And and really, rather than doing it... um, by paper, in an application process, they've got to do it on the pitch. Um, and I, and it's really, that's what we're here for. That's what sport is about, what football is about. So I actually think it's a pretty good concept. Hopefully it will work, but just got to wait and see.
2: Yeah, I mean, hopefully. And I, I think just onto that point, I think it's really good to see um, the progression of the whole sort of promotion, relegation side of things throughout um the different competitions over the last couple of years. Obviously, we had it with, with MPL and formerly known as MPL 2. And now, obviously, we've got the CPL and State League 1 uh, dynamic when you tie that into it 2. So I think it's really good that, like you said, it gives these different clubs in different leagues the opportunity to be able to move up uh, in terms of level of uh, competition. And like you said, I hope that it, it works out because it's certainly uh, great to see, especially in, in Canberra football, now, Chris, what are your thoughts uh, quickly before we get into the preview for CPL? What are your thoughts on how reigning MPL Two League champions O'Connor Knights are looking heading into their um, MPL um, season? Obviously, it's been a while since they've been in uh, the MPL scene, but obviously they gained promotion last season due to their excellent um, excellent 2021 campaign. So, can you just quickly share your thoughts on how you think? Uh, they'll do
1: look um i think they're going to surprise a lot of people they've recruited amazingly well um especially straight out of uh 2 so out of cpl um picking up quite a few guys from queanbeyan you know i think i've talked to you guys before michael adams i think was not only one of the best players in, in cpl but one of the best players in canberra um and picking him up is just it's a huge pickup for them um They've picked up some really good young players from from Canberra Croatia from their 18s, um, and you know, this one young striker who everybody's got a lot of lot of tickets on. He he could actually do quite a good job for them. Um, they've retained amazing amazing how much they've retained from from the team that went up. So yeah, you know, they've added probably six or seven players, a whole bunch of guys from Tugrenong, as I guess we'll probably talk about. We go through Tuggeranong's team, um, so yeah, there's big about four, four or so guys went from Tuggeranong over there. So it's a solid team with a lot of Premier League and like MPL First Grade in Canberra experience. So uh, I think they're going to do pretty well. But again, the thing about NPL one is somebody has to come last, and there is no really weak side. If you look at it, I think a lot of people would probably kind of putting that tag on West Canber Wanderers they had previously. But if you look at some of their results in the last three or four weeks, they've been pretty, they're in quite good form. So, um, you know, even even Olympic, Belconnen, none of them really look like they're struggling too much. So while O'Connor look pretty strong, who knows? I think it's, that league is getting just tougher and tougher in terms of you could come third or you could come last. And there's probably five teams that kind of fit that mould. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But look, I don't think it would be a shock to anybody if they kind of snuck a fourth spot and and made the finals. Equally, I don't think it'd be a huge shock if they ended up bouncing back down again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think a great point that you touched on there was that they were able to keep a hold of a lot of their players that did really well for them. Uh, last season in order to gain promotion. And I think that's key when you're sort of moving from one league to to another, especially in a more difficult competition, having that player retention. So, I mean, I think they're going to cause a fair few surprises, like you said. They've got a great squad. And like Matt and I were discussing on last week's episode, it's going to be a great game between O'Connor and um, Canberra Croatia when when that match sort of pops around. So plenty of uh, exciting times ahead.
0: Um, Let's get straight into it though, ANU FC, let's begin with them, Uh, their coach this season is Talal Safar, 2021 position on the table was second place and their points and win loss record was 12 wins, 3 draws, 1 loss, 39 points overall, very, very strong season from ANU last year, they were neck and neck with O'Connor all the way until lockdown uh, when the suspension of the season happened. Uh, they only played each other once, like we mentioned on uh, last season, and that was a 1-0 win to O'Connor, which in hindsight was uh, the uh, victory that ended up leading them to promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Contopadero, the uh, the godfather of ANU football, as <laughs> whoever he likes to call him, uh, had a very strong season. They showed their ta- tactical flexibility. They could sit back, counter with pace. They could uh, dominate play and play, you know, dominate possession whenever they needed to. They were... They're uh, very similar to O'Connor. They were a total package. It's why they were the both of the teams to, uh, at the uh, top of NPL 2. Uh, he steps down. In comes Talal Safar. Very experienced and accomplished coach in his own right. I believe this is his first first grade job in Canberra, but coach does have a lot of experience. He's also going for his A license as well, so he has all that to put up his, uh, put up his sleeve. He had a very good season last year with Monaro Panthers under 23s, where they were league champions. It's always been a very strong side uh, there. But in the past, they've usually started strong. haven't finished too well in the league. And then they have made the final and won the final. But Talal was able to win that league title for them. Some of the stalwarts have left the club, like Rowan Peterkin, Sam Carters. In comes the likes of Bruno and Brulio Melo from... uh, Manara the twenty three is also Hassan Al Nuwasir from White Eagles, who's been really good for them recently. And these players all have something in common; they've all played they're all players that Talal understands and has played and has uh, coached before. So that'll help make for a fast transition for those players. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because Talal isn't from that ANU sort of that ANU sphere of coaches where the recently they've had a lot of ANU um, sphere of coaches. Not, uh, but we all know that Talal is a really good coach. So it's going to be interesting to see if it's a fast transition for him and the team to get together and hit the ground running. No doubt though, the aim would be for ANU to uh, get promoted. Uh, They were close last season. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But at the moment, they probably look like the strongest team on paper. And if it's based on anything on last year's form, you would consider them favorites. So it's going to be really interesting to see how everything comes together. Chris, what are your thoughts on ANU this season? You've been following them, obviously, for a very long time in this league. They've always been very strong. Can they go that one extra step further? And are there any ins and outs, uh, major ones that I didn't mention there?
1: ANU, as we kind of said previously uh, in in, in last year's they were very unlucky not to win the competition. And really, it was kind of in the boardroom that they went down. And I think, as we discussed at length, It was probably the right decision and O'Connor probably had just that little bit of uh, the wood over them, but they were, they were inches away from being the top team. And now I think with O'Connor out of the picture, they clearly are the top team. ANU's amazing strength uh, um, really comes from uh, how unified they are and um, essentially that level of retention that. The, just the, the consistency of the teams that they've put out year after year is something that will go through the other teams, but no other team, especially this season. This season has seen turnover galore across most of the teams, yet ANU, hardly anything. And, and that's just every year, hardly anything. Um, and everyone else struggles to match them, and that consistency always just gets them through, especially through a long season. Obviously, they have all the talent. Uh, Losing Sam Carters, we talked about it. He's the best player in this competition, been the best player when he's been in this competition for the last eight or so years. It's a massive loss. At, you know, an absolute engine in the central midfield who <laughs> crazily led, won the Golden Boot as well, From not even from the 10 position, from deep line um, central midfield position. He's going to be a huge loss for them. Um, and really the replacements that they've kind of picked up in the midfield are probably uh, not, as, not as big and no one really that kind of comes to that level of, of Sam. What I think is very likely to happen um, is that probably one of their young centre-backs um, is likely to push into central midfield um, to, to cover that position. Um, the Mellow boys will probably really come in to cover that, that backline position. Um, the loss, I think the loss then, you add the loss in of Rowan, Peterkin and, and Shanae. Really, that is those with, with Sam, I think that's more than half the goals that they scored last year between those three players. So collectively, it's a big loss. But I think that um, Andrew Manley also kind of comes back into the team. He was coaching their 23s and, did a fantastic job with their 23s last year. So he's he's come back as a striker. He's a former Golden Boot at this level. So um, he'll kind of replace some goals. Hassan, who will kind of come in at that striker slash 10 position from White Eagles, a fantastic player um, and can also kind of replace some of the goals. And someone else that they got is um, young Liam Neeson, who's obviously has lots of jokes about him, about... Uh, He's taken abilities, but he he missed 80% of the season last year. He had a, pretty much a season-ending injury early on, and he's another fantastic striker. So those three kind of coming back in really probably go a long way to replacing the goals that have left. Um, you add in Chase Deems up front and Max Model, who, again, I talk about as one of the top three or four players in this league. He hasn't scored many goals the last couple of years, but when he gets going, you know, Max could end up easily getting the golden boot. So, look, I, I think that going forward, they're going to be fantastic. Where I kind of am a little bit worried about them is probably the depth of their backline. line. Um, ANU's depth has always been ridiculous because their 23s have been so strong. I think this year their 23s are probably... Uh, not as strong as they used to be. So really the depth coming back in that back line um, might really not be there. And across 21 weeks, you know, depth can often play a, play a role. So um, another big loss that they had, um, I don't think you mentioned, is Jake Bradley, um, their goalkeeper. So they kind of had um, the two key goalkeepers with Keegan Jackson and, and Jake Bradley. So Jake's out of the picture and Keegan's in. But, um, Juan Morrow is a, a, a goalkeeper that's kind of coming to replace him, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, in the middle, I'm interested to see, um, I guess, it will really be Sam Carter's direct replacement, it's Joel Ingram, who's come from the Brisbane Premier League from Toowong. So the Brisbane Premier League's third tier in Queensland, so probably uh, a slightly higher um, level than. than our CPL, so I'd be interested to see how it fits in.
0: It certainly will be, and you brought up a good point about depth, because at the end of the day, depth, we all know depth is important in general, but I mentioned this on the last show as well. COVID has to be considered as well with, you know, the, the one-week quarantining and whatnot, and even like if you're a close, close contact as well. So mm-hmm. depth is has always been important, especially for a league, but I would say, I would say it's even more important now. Uh, than ever because now you have to include the um, you know the the new COVID rules and obviously there's a lot more cases now than there was when we had the leagues the last two years and we didn't really need to consider that like we we more considered COVID in terms of in terms of uh, travel and lockdowns but we weren't really considering in terms of people actually getting cases because there just weren't that many now there's a lot so I, I'm glad you brought that up there's definitely something uh, that needs to be that I'm sure every single you know coach has considered. In terms of trying to get more depth and or maybe just bring a bit more accessibility between 23s and first grade because it it will most likely um, be needed and there's a decent amount of teams here where they didn't have a lot of depth last season but they've added more depth uh, this season which includes their 23s which we will mention later all right who do we have next up Michael
2: yeah next up we've got the Brindabella Blues uh, coached by Ray Juna uh, this season uh, last season they finished 8th in 2021 and they're Points win loss record wasn't amazing Uh, last season. We know the struggles that they endured. They only finished with two wins, one draw, fourteen losses for only seven points uh, across the shortened season last year. And and like I mentioned at the top, it wasn't a season to remember for the Brindies. We said on many occasions that former coach uh, Glavinich, you know, his his side were unlucky on in some games. uh, You know, hitting the post, God knows how many times. You know, and ultimately their defensive record didn't help uh, their cause either. But you've got a coach like Ray Jr. coming in, arguably the most accomplished and qualified coach to come out of Canberra in in quite some time. And, I mean, I can speak to uh, his resume. You know, he's got stints at Canberra United, uh, the Canberra United Academy, uh, the Central Coast Mariners, uh, youth squads, amongst others. So they've got a fantastic coach. Uh, coming in they can really sort of look to change their fortunes around and improve their performance in 2022. You know, that, uh, in saying that, they've lost some of their key players from last season, uh, such as uh, Zach Lawrence and uh, Niko Blazovic, uh, to mention a couple. Uh, but in saying that, they've also managed to regain uh, Curtis Scafer uh, from Belcony United. So obviously he was at Brindy's last season before he made that switch over to uh, Belco in uh, uh And they've also managed to bring in uh, Ray Jr.'s son, uh, Christian Jr. from, from Tigers FC, which I think is a massive help uh, for Brindy's in terms of their defense. Like I mentioned, they, they struggled a lot defensively last season. You know, they, they couldn't seem to keep the ball out of the back of the net, but I think bringing in a player like Christian junior who's been back in Canberra for a couple of years now and, He's a great young player, a great defender uh, he'll slot straight straight into that back line and and I think he'll improve uh, their defensive capabilities massively so you know the, they'll be looking to make up for the last season and, and improve on their results um, you know and, they, and they'll be looking to take some scalps of you know some of the bigger teams uh, like Anu like we just mentioned and you know the the, the White Eagles and the Caribbean cities of of, of the uh, of the competition so you know, We'll see how they go. But I think they've managed to, you know, although they've lost a few players, a few key players, they've also managed to recuperate, uh, will bring in, sorry, some, some great quality as well. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on Brindy's this season? And um, are there any sort of other ins and outs that I didn't mention there within the squad that that are of any sort of significance or importance? Like I said, it's a big year for uh Brindy Bella, but they've got a great coach to help them turn it around.
1: Uh, look, I, I echo everything that you said. Um, you know, Ray coming in, you know, really Ron Smith and and his uh, kind of partner in crime Milo, the only people in Canberra who can kind of compare to as mm. being as accomplished coaches as he is. So to have him in the second tier is it's it's amazing. But obviously, the connections with Ray and Milo. Brenda Bella have been going on for quite a while, so a fantastic pickup for them and um just a huge boost for morale for, for and and look, they went from having one of the best coaches in canberra already um yeah. you know Zoran is was a fantastic coach and and got that team playing fantastically well, yeah. but you know so it's hard to, hard to improve on Zoran, but this is probably one of the few people in canberra that there is that you could improve on him um as I talked about with ANU, what Brindy have, um, I think, up their sleeve is uh, the consistency of the squad. They they have not lost many. It is pretty much the exact same squad with some added firepower. So again, that is something that is going to be, I think, invaluable for them. Um, really, the only the only kind of, as you said, um, big losses were uh, Zach and. Um, Nico, and probably also um, Josh Gunther. That's really about it. Three players out of an entire squad. It's crazy. Even a and lost more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the guys that you brought in, Curtis, obviously we know. um, An amazing striker. Whether we get to it or not, I'll I'll tell you, I think out of the uh, top seven goal scorers in the league last year, uh, five of them have gone and then the the only people left... I think Curtis would have been the next highest goal scorer and he only played half the season before he went to Belconnen. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shows where he is at this level. So he's essentially coming in as now the top striker in, in the competition. The one who I really think is the ace of best league uh, is Jordan Hunt. Um He's come back from the Central Coast and uh, he was former Canberra United National Youth League player. He is... On another level, I like, I saw him play every week um, at summer eight during during the summer, and he's just an absolute amazing player, and will absolutely dominate in the central midfield for them. Um, really teaming up with James Menham and David Gurney, it's actually an extremely strong midfield, one of the strongest in the competition, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and you know, with Curtis up front. Um, they've still got Ollie Wertzens and Josh Merkel at the back um, and there's another and, and as you said Christian Juna um, I, I watched him only two weeks ago playing for Tigers I actually thought he was Tigers best player and not in a defensive role it is the late runs that he makes from fullback um, up into the you know it's, it's that kind of um, R- Robertson Liverpool role that he's playing on that left fullback and he's he was the probably most attacking outlet, getting that ball out wide, high up in the pitch. People weren't tracking that late run. So yeah. playing that in, our, in this league, I think he's going to be um, extremely dangerous going forward. And I think um, teams really going to struggle with that. And obviously Ray knows him better than anyone. I'm sure he'll be able to get the best out of him. Um, there, there was another player that they brought in, um, G Kangiri, and... He scored an amazing goal in the Australia Cup against Queanbeyan, um, the first goal. So if you, if you get a chance to have a look at that, that game, um, a ball over the top and he took just a fantastic first touch and slotted in. So again, he looks like a bit of a live wire, very fast. Um, so again, another attacking threat. Oh, look, this is a team that came last, last year, but this is a team I would 100% not be surprised to end up in the top four
2: this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think sort of hearing you just sort of relay some of the points um, that I mentioned, but just expanding on that, uh, Chris, I, I, I do think that, you know, they, they do have the potential now to be fighting for a top four spot. I mean, you talked about the vision of this team, even though they've lost a fair few players, they've managed to keep a hold of the squad the majority of the squad, like you mentioned with ANU as well. And I, I think having, you know, a quality coach in uh, Glavinich last year and now a, a great coach and a really, really good coach in, in Ray Jr. come in as well. I think they're going to do some really good things and I think they'll definitely improve uh, on last year and I can't wait to see uh, how they'll go. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts uh, before we move on to White Eagles?
0: I thought Chris brought some good points there, especially with the um, the amount of youth, uh, the quality youth players coming through. One, mm-hmm. if people are just sort of looking over the Canberra Leagues just as a whole and not looking underneath first grade, uh, Brittany's were in the NPL1 last season and their A-team, I know they did technically get relegated overall, but their A-teams were like in the top four or something like that of the of, yeah. the, um, of their league. And they, were, they did sort of... So people probably would think, oh, they're in MPL too, but that doesn't that doesn't account for the whole picture. So they were bringing quality uh, youth players, and I think you'll see a few more of them come through, especially with Ray, who could, would have coached probably. Um, I'm not sure about the actual numbers, but I'm sure a lot of the 23s now would have been under Ray last season at the Brindies. So uh, expect sort of, like we mentioned with that depth, uh, it'll probably help with that familiarity when. If it comes to that time of season, if you have a decent amount of players out with COVID or injuries or whatnot or personal uh, things or work commitments, um, he, he won't have any issues, I'm sure, calling on um, those 23 since he is pretty familiar with a lot of them from last season. All right, moving on now to Canberra White Eagles. Their coach this season is Zoran Milenkovic. Uh, 2021 position is third play was third place. 2021 points of win loss record was eight wins. Two draws, six losses, twenty-six points overall. Uh, White Eagles did finish third, but I think a fair point to bring up is they were originally fourth, but Queen uh twenty-plus point deduction meant that they finished. That uh, meant they were pushed up to third. So yeah, um, that's something probably to consider for all the uh, the rankings from about probably fifth to fifth, fourth, and third, mm-hmm. uh, considering that Queenbiens finished in sixth. But we'll mention that a little bit later. So essentially, um, White Eagles had some fantastic results last season against some of the bigger teams. They would always usually show up for these big games, except for against Queenie and City. That didn't end too um, well for them at the beginning of the season, but they did perform better against Queenie and City in that second round matchup against them. Uh, Probably a good word to sort of explain them last season was just inconsistent, a little unstable as well. The reason why I mentioned unstable isn't because the players um, aren't good or anything like that. It's because they had... Four different coaching changes started with uh, Steve Forshaw. Then they had Eric Benet as sort of a placeholder player coach. Then they brought back Graham Plath. Uh, he didn't last too long. Then they brought. Um, then they put um, Eric Benet once again as a caretaker coach. So I'm sure one one thing that I have been looking to sort of fill is not only t- is to sort of Get that consistency. So Zoran will be there. He's got his coaching staff as well as 23's coach, Paul Townsley, good friend of the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll be um, essentially the assistant coach there as well. I'm sure there'll be plenty of... like we, we mentioned this a lot. It's great to see that a lot of these clubs are going to be utilising their 23s more because uh, it's fair to say a lot of clubs in NPL 1 and NPL 2, they will utilising them, but I wouldn't say it was a sort of a big topic last season for a lot of clubs, but it seems like to be a big topic this season and uh, so that's good to hear. Uh, but depth for them, especially because they probably had more injuries, I would say, than any of the other clubs last season in MPL two. Uh, they had quite a few injuries, so it seems like they've not only with the twenty three as well, but they've also brought depth in general. They've brought in the likes of Aaron Cashman from West Campbell Wanderers last season, Kagla, Martin Deng from West Campbell Wanderers, Zach Lawrence, of course, who's been one of Brindy's best players for a while. Uh, so they're bringing a lot of first-grade first MPL uh, first 2 experience and also players from first-grade MPL uh, one experience to add into that first-grade depth there. And then, like I mentioned, they'll have plenty of 23s coming up, I'm sure, as well. There's plenty of other players, but I'll let um uh, Chris add, add any more in that regard. Ultimately, though, for White Eagles, uh, with clubs uh, like this that have a history in Canberra football, their aim would, I'm sure, be promotion. Even if they're not saying that uh, publicly, so for them trying to find that consistency will be key. Uh, like they've already built the depth uh, that we already know that they always shot for the big matches. I guess it's just those matches where um, well, it's just those matches when they're not versing the big sides where they sort of fell uh, last season. So let's wait and see how they do, but. Uh, considering how much depth they've added and um, if they can find that consistency and stability, I would say they will be there or thereabouts in terms of pushing for that top place. What are your thoughts on uh, White Eagles, uh, Webby?
1: Again, you, look, you don't need me on this show because yeah, your thoughts are exactly the same. Consistency, <laughs> uh, the key for these guys, all you have to do is look at their preseason results: Yeah, you know, A 2 or draw with Canberra Olympic and then losing... They were down 7-0 and scored in the 90th minutes, make it 7-1 against West canberra Wanderers on the weekend. So, mm. and you can see where that, you know, if you thought last year they made a consistency, well, this year, it, you know, it's exponential because the turnover has been so enormous. Essentially, they've lost about 10 first graders. So it's more than half a squad, and then they've brought in even more, I think. They've brought in like 11 or 12 guys. So, it's pretty much a brand new team. It's gonna take a little while for them to, to gel. So I I really think that they're going to be up and down for the first few weeks. But you look at the quality of the guys that they've brought in. If that team can gel, really, they really, really should be pushing for promotion. They should be pushing the front, the, first, the top two, I think, for that spot. Um, you know, guys like Aaron Cashman, Martin Deng. You know, they've, they've They've played at this level and dominated and they've played at mpo 1 and dominated. Um, you know, they've they've lost Davey McCarron, who was... Um, oh, no, sorry, sorry, not Davey, it was O'Connor. They've um, they've they've lost um, Hassan, which is kind of a, a bunch of goals there. They've kept Ed McCarthy, which is um, a huge uh, boost for them, I think. Um, he, he scored a lot of goals and a lot of important goals. Um, you know, at the winner against O'Connor from, you know, in the 92nd minute, the only game O'Connor lost. Um, and it's just kind of what Ed does. And he, he, I think, is going to be vital for them. But they have just brought in a host of, of uh, people across the front line. They lost um, Gabriel up top, who's gone to O'Connor nights. Um, but, you know, to bring in Zach Lawrence, to bring in Cheney, uh, so it's Martin Deng again who can again play, play across the top there is a lot of competition for goals up there in the middle they've still got um, Dayan in the middle with Kashi they've really strengthened at the back again they've lost Eric um, who's just he's the stalwart of the club, he's been there um, you know, since the 1800s and been dominating the center center back there but it's it's a big change but again they've kept um they've kept reesey they've kept grex there so um they've added a whole lot of lot of center backs in it's it's just going to be interesting to see how they get this team to gel on paper uh, um On paper, it looks extremely strong, but let's see how it looks on grass. Um, I think that that's you know, that's the real key. Socky has coached at this level forever as well. You know, he's he knows this competition as well as I do. He's he's been around around here for you know the last twenty years. So again, um, and he's he's just a great guy. So in terms of getting morale up, you know, Socky's one of the best people you can kind of have in that position. Um, as coach so look this again this is a team who I think when they're on they're going to be on but there is a chance I just think that they kind of have that possibility that they can just lose games out of nowhere but they really they can beat anybody with the firepower that they've added um, I think they're going to be a pretty fun team
0: quite are yours? yeah look they certainly should be and I guess one thing we haven't mentioned is with O'Connor going out, that's a massive derby in MPL in CPL slash MPL 2 that we will not be seeing this season. Um, Obviously, the Queanbien and White Eagles is also um, just as big. So that will probably be the the match that if you're going to go there and watch that match and want to see and want an Eagle burger, get there early because it will be sold out in batches like it was uh, for O'Connor and uh, White Eagles uh, specifically last year, I remember.
2: Uh, to Queanbeyan City, uh, who were going to be coached by Goran Yosifovsky this season. Uh, 2021, their position was sixth, obviously, uh, due to what Matt mentioned earlier about the point deduction. We all know what happened there. Um, their win-loss record was 11 wins, one draw, four losses. Uh, but ultimately, they obviously only ended up on 10 points due to the 20-plus point, point deduction that they received so last season, they were under the tutelage of uh, well renowned coach uh, Gabby Wilk. We all know his resume, how long around, well, how long he's been involved in Canberra football for, uh, particularly, obviously, as we all know, with uh, Tigers. Uh, obviously, they put him in, uh, they, they got him across to Quambien last season. And I think that was a real indication of Quambien sort of saying, well, we want to gain promotion this season meaning, you know, obviously 2021, that um, you couldn't help but feel that when they brought in a coach like Gabby Wilk. And, you know, they obviously had made a bunch of MPL signings as well on top of that to really steer that. And it just didn't end up happening uh, for them. And, you know, uh, ultimately they couldn't beat the two main contenders in ANU and, and O'Connor. They proved to be pretty big uh, stalwarts as well. And obviously the, the point deduction, certainly didn't help their cause either. And, you know, I don't think 2021 will be a year that Queenian will want to remember. And I think they'll just want to move on, obviously, from what happened last season and look to progress uh, this season as they look to, to move forward. Because, you know, last season, and we talked about it numerous times last season, on their day, they were probably the best attacking team in the competition. They just had so much talent you know, up front with the likes of, you know, Michael Adams and Mark Shields and personalities like that. I mean, when they were on, they had the potential to score sort of five, six goals if they wanted to, but they just couldn't find that consistency um, up front. And then results obviously didn't go their way when they came up against, like I mentioned, the ANU and O'Connors of the world. So in comes in uh, Goran Osofosky, uh, who was coached, Um, at the club before with success. And, you know, he he was a player at the club as well in in MPL 2 last season, last season, sorry, which makes it a smooth transition into the role for him, obviously being familiar with uh, the club and everyone involved. And I think he's tried to sort of calm down the expectations of the clubs and of the club, sorry, and and build it step by step, as he alluded to in um, his interview with uh, Matt, you know, on Facebook that everyone could go and see, that's available on our Facebook page. So it's safe, it's safe to say that the pressure on the team was enormous to get promoted last season, but I don't think it will be as much this season, if, if that makes sense. You know, it, it might, but it might be where they overcome that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, I mentioned um, Michael Adams and Mark Shields being two attacking threats they had last season. Those two men are no longer there leading the, the attacking threat. And obviously they lost uh, Michael Keita as well, who's a little bit of a player that you can sort of stick in different positions, but primarily a central midfielder. He's going to be a massive loss uh, for them too. So those three guys notably are sort of some big outs there. And uh, some of the ins uh, that, that they've managed to um, bring across, you know, Michael Mensah, Andrew Sellers, Ryan Golewski, and uh, Bhutanese international Therese Dorji as well. So... They've made some exciting uh, signings there. We'll see how they're sort of able to mould into how Queanbeyan go about playing their football uh, this season. So, Webby, what do you think uh, of Bion, uh this season comparing sort of all the sort of inconsistency and trouble that they had last season in 2021 moving into this season of 2022 where they're sort of looking to sort of clear that slate and move forward? So how do you think they're looking to approach uh, this season? And what do you expect of them?
1: Uh, Look, yep. Again, everything that you said um, last year, they invested heavily. They had high expectations. And I think those expectations kind of weighed down on coaches and the players um, and and the wheels kind of started to come off. But as you said, when they were on, um, the game that they played against Western Malonglo at Woden Park is the best 45 minutes of football I saw last year from any team. Um, that first half, they were just, they were unbelievable. They uh looked like they would beat most NPL1 teams the way that they were playing in that game, but they wouldn't, <laughs> that consistency wasn't there all the time. Um, some big egos, and, you know, to to manage and and um Gabby kind of manages that by being the, the biggest of them all, and you know, because he can gain that respect, because he's been there, done that as a player and as a coach. Um, but even, you know, there's not many who can manage that kind of um, change. And Dabby is one of the only ones in Canberra who can, but even he struggled, which is, um, you know, it made it hard. Um, I think this year getting Goran back in, you know, he's essentially the, the favourite son of, of um, you yeah, know, He's, he's, Highly decorated player with them from the kind of the last 15 years, last 20 years, really. Don't want to show you Goza's age, but know um, yeah, he's, he's been fantastic there. He, he has tried the coaching gig out um, and it hasn't always gone well. It's kind of like a, a Lampard returning to Chelsea situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest issue was the last time he was there, he would play a coach um, and, anyone struggles with player coach you have ridiculous talk about having high expectations on your shoulders you're kind of wearing those expectations double um, now that he's given up the playing role and he's just concentrated on coaching I think you can see from the recruitment that they've done it's a much more well balanced team I think a team that's rather you know going to be out there to kind of work hard for the results rather than a you know, expect the results because they they show up onto the pitch. Um, so look, I actually think expectations are quite high for them. Again, huge turnaround, um, especially kind of up top. Uh, but they've brought in a, a number of players. Uh, actually, so many players, I have no idea how they're going to fit them all in. It's kind of borderline ridiculous how many forwards they've kind of brought in, obviously, you know, losing Mark Shields and Michael Adams, all those goals, they've kind of gone, oh, we're just bringing eight strikers and we can replace those goals. We can't play them all on the field at the same time. But um, in saying that, look, they've brought in some very hard-working forwards. Abby Delahi, you know, I knew very well. I coached him bit um, at Western last year. Extremely hard-working. Alex Uricaro, again, I know he's played State Ones at Western extremely hard-working forward. Um, I think that they played those two up top um, with the um, Bhutanese international kind of behind them and, you know, really actually quite a very different front line to, to last year, but actually quite an effective front line, I think. In the middle, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think they've been playing Dean Tomeski and Felizzi as kind of just a, a flat centre midfield pair. I'm not really sure what depth they've kind of got in that midfield role. Um, yeah, they lined up with a 5-2-3 with a um, in the in the cup game. So, um, you know, two very attacking uh, fullbacks, which they have in abundance. They've got some quite talented attacking fullbacks. So I think it's actually a smart way for them to play um, with three up top because they've got all those strikers. And they've actually got quite a good number of centre-backs now, um, with Gillespie coming in, you know, with Matty Ryan and some of those guys who are already there. In um, goalkeeper, I'm interested to see what's happened. I'm not sure if Rory Larkin is still there. I'd be surprised if he is. And if he's not, I'm not sure who their replacement is. So that would be... Uh, he's, um,
2: he's he's playing on my State League team, so... Well, there you go. There you go. There
1: you go. Well, i tell you what, as, as Rory played striker against us, my 23s team last year. So get him up top. He's, uh, he's quite handy up there.
2: That's where we're going to stick him, so...
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> a way, and then if you have a penalty, you can just chuck him in goals.
2: Yeah, but, that's right.
1: <laughs> but so, look, um, I think, to, to be honest, I think he'll be one of the biggest losses for them. Um, I believe they've kept Hassan Farajah, who's a, a, a fantastic winger. So, again, another one who could probably play in that attacking fullback role as one of the top three. So, again, a lot of attacking talent that they've got there. Um, and really, I think... Yeah, you know, with with Goran's kind of understanding of this league and his and his football now, I think that they're really going to be one of the favourites for for pushing. Uh, whether they can push for promotion, look, I I'd be surprised if they do, but they definitely will be up there, and I I actually think that they very very likely going to finish in the top four. Matt, what are your sort of thoughts on uh,
2: Queenian before you move on to Toggenholm?
0: It's just interesting how, um, uh, Webby, you were saying there how they've got, it's still pretty high pressure. I guess, I guess what they're trying to, they're just trying to dwell the expectations. That's one thing I thought that was very interesting because people don't like, if people are just like, because I taught like a decent amount of people ask me questions about the leagues and whatnot. And then they're sort of shocked when they say, is there really that much pressure on like teams like Queen, you want not to go up? And just like, all you have to do is like maybe watch their game against O'Connor. I think that's a very good indication of showing what the pressure was like or any of those big games where it really sort of, that's the, that's the uh, insinuation I got that it sort of just weighed them down a bit. Like you were saying there, I, to me, that is the biggest takeaway. Um, obviously the pressure is always going to be on it. Like, uh, like I mentioned with um, white Eagles, I would just say it's not as high as it was last season, which uh, considering how it ended up, despite how very well they played in a lot of matches last season, I think it's for the best because I think you'll see probably um, a more consistent uh Queenie bean in terms of the big games obviously they're very consistent uh in not yeah, with the games that weren't O'Connor and ANU so i'm just really intrigued to see how Queenie bean goes this season all right let's get straight into the uh, the new blood in terms of MPL oh, sorry uh CPL there we go uh, yep. it, it will take a while to get used to boys <laughs> um despite how many times i've written down their coach is once again Mitch Stevens. Their MPL one 2021 position was eighth place, and their MPL one 2021 points and win-loss record was zero wins, seven draws and ten losses, I believe. Um, it's look, Tuburan last season, like we meant we um, mentioned it at the top of the show how they were looking like they were pretty strong going into the season. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for them. Uh, they just couldn't score goals at the end of the day. They got six consecutive draws in a row, which uh, Russ told us was a record in terms of the NPL version of the Canberra First League. Um, anyway, then they got that extra draw. It's, it's, it's not like, yeah, they could score a lot of goals, but it's not like they were completely outplayed every match they were in. There was a lot of matches where they were in there till the end, um, only lost by a goal or the draw was only just by the end. Like there was one match in particular I remember against Olympic where it looked like they were gonna, uh, where it looked like they were gonna win the match. I think that was their seventh draw, if I'm not mistaken. And right at the end, Olympic come and get, get that point. So they just weren't able to hold on to the, uh, some of those results in the end. Um, so it's going to be re- really interesting to see how they go in, in uh, CPL. Mitch Stevens. Uh, it's good to see that uh, the club has stuck with him because, as we all know, we've said it many times in the show. Mitch Stevens is one of the um, best coaches in Canberra. Uh, it's just you could just see it by a lot of the seasons he had at Tuggeron. Uh Michael mentioned I remember Michael mentioned this earlier when we first started the show. Like he was yeah, he was the first coach to get them into the fin- into the finals for a long time, he and uh, we mentioned how well they've done uh, with him in the past. Obviously last season didn't work out, but I think that also attests to how competitive the NPL one is becoming at the moment. I get what Webby's going to mention it with probably a few more players that I'm going to mention here, but a lot of turnover, a lot of very experienced players, and a lot of stalwarts at Tuggeron are moving on, the likes of Gaia, Slavage, Coggan, just to name a few. Income, they're probably a younger team this season. Income, the likes of Luke Stevens, he's a player that we've raved on on the show about, from Wagga City Wanderers, as well as Sam Walker, and a little more experience in Adam Furch from Um, from Western Malongolo. Naturally, in terms of uh, with the relegation, uh, there will be probably more of a hunger than a different hunger than any other team probably has in here to push for that promotion. But if they will, it's going to be really interesting to see. Like we said, they've got the coach, they've got the players, but a lot less experience than they have had in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how they tackle tackle this fresh challenge. And before I move it to Webby as well, we didn't mention this in the Brindabella one, but uh, the uh, the Tuggeron derby between Brindabella and Tuggeron will now be on in terms of the CPL. So that should, that should that is a match to look out for on the CPL calendar. Beautiful. Webby, what are your thoughts on Tuggies this season? And feel free to add the players that I didn't mention as well that are either leaving or joining
1: the club. Hmm. Uh, when I used to play first grade, or Western and Tuggeron used to, used to be the derby as well. So it's probably... It's- it could that be, one as be well. a bit of a... a yeah, I meant more to on Derby specifically. Oh, yeah, no, it's, an in a, a, it's the inner Taggart on <laughs> Derby. Uh, look, um, look, i got a lot of high expectations for Tuggerong. I know that they had a massive turnover, and some people kind of see that and think, oh, the team's just essentially walked out on them. Look, I, I'm not... I've got a feeling that Mitch is not really overly disappointed with a lot of the people that... Kind of, he didn't retain, and I think he's quite happy with majority of the ones um, that he did retain. I think probably um, uh, his name mistakes me the the Irish boy from the centre midfield. I think he's probably the one that hurt the most. He's he's moved into state, um and yeah, an extremely talented player. Hopefully, his name will pop in my head soon. I think it was Shane, Shane, Murphy, Shane?
2: Shane Murphy. Yeah,
1: Shane Murray. Shane Murray. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Shane. If he kept a hold of Shane, which I think he was really confident of, he had to leave for different reasons. Um yeah. they would have, yeah, you know, they would have actually, I would say, would have been clear favorites to go back up. Um really they kind of kept the rest of their central midfielders, so like Doherty, has kind of moved into the midfield and you and Peterkin is kind of that um Conte six just breaks up play and yeah, you know, so I they again will be solid in there. Um Harrison Bunnell at centre-back was one of the best centre-backs, one of the best defenders. You know, Funny to say in a team that didn't win a game and lost a lot of games, but he was one of the best defenders in MPL 1 last year. And to hold on to him is absolutely massive um, and he's going to be really good. Sean Kinney, again, still there and an amazing weapon, kind of a full-back or if they play him through the middle or even higher up on the wings. Um But really, I think um, picking up Sam Walker is just an absolute amazing pickup. This is someone who played Broadmeadow Magic um, in Northern New South Wales competition. I remember going and watching Broadmeadow a few years ago play Olympic in the NPL final series because obviously they won um, the Northern New South Wales competition. And that Olympic team had just been in the semi final. FFA Cup, and Broadmeadow blew them away. And, uh, you know, it's a high level up there, and he is a former, not last year, but a few years ago, former NPL, Northern NPL Player of the Year and Golden Boot. So that is an extremely high-caliber player for a second-tier team in Canberra to pick up. Um, So, you know, I think there's going to be high expectations of him. But then you kind of partner here up front with Luke Stevens um, who we, we know is top quality at this league um, and they picked up another boy who used to play at Wagga as well um, who will probably complete that front three uh, look it's the starting 11 is actually extremely strong I've seen them play I've seen I've seen Tugernong, I've seen ANU. I've seen white Eagles uh, Western play so far this preseason, and Tuggerong has impressed me the most. Um, the way they've played, that high press, high energy, it, it's very different to what most of the teams in this competition are used to. Um, and whether they can kind of keep that up for 90 minutes, but they, I can see them really blowing teams off the park in the first, you know, 30, 40 minutes and then trying to shut up shop and, I think it's going to be, uh, look, I for me, they will be top two favourites. Now, whether they end top two, they might come seventh for all I know. But going into this league, I'd have them with ANU as, as my two favourites for promotion.
0: Michael, who do we have next up?
2: Wagga City Wanderers uh, coached by David Leonard. Uh, the 2021 position was fifth, so just outside the top four. Their points win loss record was four wins or it draws 13 losses for 12 points in total. Wagga City were Wagga City Wanderers, sorry, were a team that were sort of trying, trying to find their way uh, last season uh, after a lot of their winning side left after the 2020 uh, season in which they had a lot of success in, they struggled to begin with, but, uh, but they ended up gaining some valuable wins and performances where we started to see David side come into their own by, you know, the time the league was eventually stopped uh, due to uh, COVID reasons, but, you know, they've they've got the likes of, uh, sorry, they've lost the likes of, you know, we just mentioned uh, Luke Stevens and uh, Oshain uh, to name a couple and uh, managed to gain the likes of Nishan, Suliaman and, and Jaden uh, Kinches, uh, so you know, similar to Yul Gali, uh usually they have a strong uh, 23s uh, setup with a with a decent amount featuring uh, throughout the season. So that's something to keep an eye out on. And you know, Leonard's side will be looking to build on the positive results that they were able to gain last season and and, and the performances as well. But ultimately, they haven't been talked about in in this sort of same light as some of the other clubs uh, that, we, that we've discussed and they'll be looking to prove some people wrong, I feel for 2022. So we'll wait and see what they are able to conjure up. So uh, there definitely could be some upsets uh, on the cards as well, but that's not just to say for Wagga City. I think there'll be uh, numerous upsets uh, given the sort of quality throughout the different teams this season. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Wagga for this upcoming season and, any other sort of key ins and outs in relation to the club?
1: No, look from you know, again, they're are a bit more of an unknown to, to us Canberrans. Um, and so kind of, you know, we know we know the outs, but the guys were coming in again, you know, the people that are kind of a little bit foreign to us, so we're not sure what the quality is coming in. Um, but again, quite a stable, stable team, especially a team that Didn't go so well last year, Um, didn't get too many wins. And to go through all that travel every week and not pick up too many points, it's very easy for them to have a huge turnover. But to to keep that stability again is actually quite impressive. Um, It shows the kind of culture that the the coaches have built there. Um, We know that Luke Stevens is a huge huge loss. Um, Jake O'Chang, I think, is a massive loss to them as well. Um, he is a talented, talented player. Um, as a you know, 20s and 23s coach at Western, he's been a thorn in our side for the last three or four years, including essentially single-handedly knocking us out of the semi-finals two years ago at that level. Um, so he, 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 and he was quite impressive playing first grade last year. So that, that's two of pretty much their top goal scorers last year gone. Um, Jake Longis is kind of back. He was really, some, for me, their star player about three years ago. Um, and then I think he had some injuries and, and then kind of went back to the local league. He played last year, um, but didn't really get into goal scoring so much. I think, yeah, just coming back. But pre-season this year, he's actually been well and truly in the goal. So I think if they've got a, a fire in Jake Longis, then... Um, He's, he's kind of that talisman big strong fast up front so um, I, you know I think he will kind of add a different dimension to them and you know if they've kind of got that stability in the middle and at the back look really to me I think it's a team it's really about confidence they got the confidence as you said that um that they can spring quite a few upsets on, on some teams this year.
0: Next up, we have Weston Malonglo, coach Mark Boyd. Uh, 2021 position, seventh place. 2021 points, win-loss record. Three wins, one draw, 13 losses, 10 points overall. Weston were another side that struggled with depths and injuries last season. When they were at full strength, they gave some of the big boys some good tests. Uh, Ned Jeans is leaving... Um, is leaving uh, the first grade team for his work this year. So we wish him all the best. Mark Boyd, he was uh, people might remember that name on the show. He was most recently coach of West Campbell Wanderers, MPLW uh, side. They did re- really well in uh, 2020. knew how to take some big results off some of the uh, top teams there. Uh, there are quite a few outs for Western with the likes of Sellers, Al Angus Record uh, leaving quite to name a few. And that is a lot of their goals there, especially with Record. Our NBA scored quite a few goals last season. In comes Josh Delini and Chris McEwen, just to name a couple. Um, not not many are talking uh, in terms of big things in terms of Western this season. Sort of similar to Wagga. And I'm sure that's the way uh, they would like it. Sort of. So they'll be looking to prove a few teams wrong this season and try and pick a few scalps off some of the big teams. Webby, uh, Western's a team you know well. What do you think about Western this season? And uh, are there any more ins and outs that I haven't discussed there that are, you think are key to mention?
1: Um, yeah, look, a, a lot of outs. Um, it's been quite a quite a big turnover. Um, Josh Wade, um, goalkeeper, so he's you know, the current captain from the last few years. He's gone down to um, play State League at Western. Um, so, look, he's another big loss. And as you said, um, really, it's, it's it's up top. James Noja, Andrew Sellers, um, he and Malay. Um, so, really, that's kind of was the majority of the goals gone, and, and then Angus Record in, in the middle, who was you know, the, the reigning player of the year. So a, a key core of the team. Defensively, um, they, they pretty much kept a, most of the defence um, and actually added some some quality players into the back line. So I think defensively, it's quite strong. Um, but really, the rest of the players are, are mainly guys graduating from under-23s team that, that I've had the last few years. So, um, you know, look, really, I'm, I'm very happy for them to go up. I think that that's the way football needs to happen. It's what's um, in their best interest. So, um, it will be interesting to see, and I'll be very interested to see how they go. Um, look, there's some pretty good, talented young guys, um, and who, who Ned, to be fair, gave um, quite a lot of them a taste of first-grade football last year. So, like, they're they're not getting thrown into the fire. A a lot of them um, have got three or four first-grade games under their belt from last season. So, you know, it's just um, kind of jumping straight into it now. Um, So, look, it will be interesting to see. I think, um, again, they'll still be solid in the middle. Um, There's some pretty handy players that they've retained um, in that midfield, Chris McEwen coming in from West Canberra Wanderers um, is, is an extremely good pickup. You know, he's a very, very versatile player. Can play anywhere across the back line, but he's extremely hand, handy in that defensive midfield role, kind of to shore things up there. Um, but really, it's just going to be the young guys playing um, kind of in that final third and, and seeing how they go this season.
0: And before we move, I think it's also worth, uh, worth mentioning that uh, the Western team of 23s over the last couple of years have performed pretty well. They've been in the top four and whatnot. So they have um, it, it, they are sort of like Brindabella, similar to Brindabella, where the, the first grade isn't uh, performing as highly as the 23s are. So the 23s are definitely good additions in that regard. Michael, who do we have next up?
2: Yeah, so next up and last... Uh, team preview is uh for Yulgali, uh coached by Santa Donadel. Uh, they finished fourth in 2021 and their points win loss record was seven victories two draws eight defeats for 23 points Yulgali struggled uh with numbers for away games uh last season uh, as we discussed uh on the on the podcast you know uh, they, this could have seen you know their sorry, this could be seen in their results, you know, when they were on the road compared to when they're at home uh, playing in uh, at their home stadium, you know, they didn't have the depth between the two grades either, which really didn't seem to help their cause. And I think it's always such a struggle when you don't have that sort of depth between, um, you know, your first grade and your, and your 23 to sort of, you know, have that sort of ability to be able to lean on your other squad to be able to bring players up. But, you know Luke Santlin is uh no longer uh, coaching but he's still involved in the side you know Donadell who has coached the club before and played understands the culture and the group so I think that's really good for them bringing in a coach that really understands what it is that the club you know is and who they are and and, and how they want to how they want to go forward and you know they they did not apply for the um the Australian Cup qualifying this season uh, that should help sort of reduce the number of away trips that they'll have to make. Obviously, that's probably the, what the biggest reason why they they withdrew from being able to qualify for the Australian Cup and focus solely on, you know, the season ahead, uh, for them. You know, and improving their league campaign. So you know they they had a terrific run sort of last year, making it into the semis, and they're only eliminated by obviously the eventual winners, uh, Tigers, five minutes uh, from the end. So it was a great effort by them, and you know visa players sort of like uh, Danny Roach and Calvin uh, Roddy have left the club. Uh, but in that, they've acquired two new uh, visa players in Scottish defender, Ben Hat- Hastie and Irish striker that, and an Irish striker that Danny sort of helped them sign. So uh, a little recruitment going on there, which is good. You know, they, they've added some depth as well with their 23s. So they'll be able to lean on their 23 squad a little bit more this year, which is always a positive and you you should be able to expect them to feature throughout the season as well. And lastly, you know, on their day, Yulgali are as good as anyone. We've seen it over the last couple of years, what they can produce when they're in full motion and, you know, at home they're a very strong team. They love playing at home. And, you know, if they can keep their squad numbers up for away games and sort of put in really good performances away from home and, you know, take away some some victories and even some snatch a couple of uh, draws as well in the process, you know, top four is in clear sight for them and even promotion. Um, So we'll see what happens when it comes to that time of the season when it's finals football. Webby, what are your sort of expectations for your Gali uh, this season and are there any... Key ins and outs that haven't been mentioned previously.
1: Yeah, look again, um, they're they're more of an unknown than the, than the rest of the canberra based teams, similar to Wagga. Um, look, last year I, I think was a bit of a transition year for them. They had the the massive highs, um, twenty twenty, um, you know, since almost going through the that shortened league undefeated and, and narrowly and winning and winning the league and narrowly losing the grand final um, they while they retained a the majority of their team um, for last year there was a f- quite a few of the kind of senior stalwarts only played a handful a sprinkling of games it was kind of their transition out while some of their really really fantastic talented youngsters from their 23s team started getting bled into the first grade team, you know, um, Mason Donnabell especially, who just, he, he, amazingly, I think I saw him play a full 90 minutes and then step up and play a full 90 minutes and score a couple of goals in first grade. Like, yeah, that's pretty, pretty amazing stuff. And as you said, they were kind of forced to do it because of um, the troubles they had. But I think that with that transition and some of those young guys will now kind of be ready to really just um, concrete their place in the first grade team. And while they held their own in first grade last year, I think now they kind of, with that experience, will be ready to kind of be dominant forces in first grade, those, some of those young players. So um, I have high expectations on the team, but really a lot of it kind of depends on the quality of the striker replacing Danny Roach because he was such a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be tough, tough to replace that quality. As you said, you know, Danny had a hand in picking him. So you hope Danny knew that this is someone who essentially is at a similar level and and can replace me. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see because I think that, that that's a massive, a massive loss for them. And Calvin Roddy as well was um, quite a... Uh, he didn't. Well, he didn't really get too many goals. He was he was um, really hard working up front and, and very creative force for them. So that's another kind of loss, which I think Mason Donadell will probably really have to be the replacement uh, for that level there. But um, as you said, really, if they can keep all their numbers and, and travel with with a lot of numbers, then I think that they should be probably the, the main team pushing. Tiger and you for for that top spot, but if they have similar troubles um, with numbers and and start travelling with you know twenty twenty one for two teams, um, and that and remember we only got a bit over half you know two thirds of the way through the season, so it could have got worse and worse for them yeah. in the last six or seven games. So if that happens, you yeah, know again they might they might kind of see. White Eagles and Queebian or you know, Brinda Bella kind of sneak past them and, and drop out of the top four. So, um, I really, it's just, I think it's again, and we've talked about it a little bit, common theme, depth will, will play a whole big role. But again, as I said, their 23s, while their results weren't there that much last year, they were actually one of the 23s the teams that impressed me the most personally. Um, some of the individuals were actually extremely talented and like. Very young, under-23s, but they had 16-year-old, 17-year-old guys playing that under-23s team who were extremely talented. So, again, a a lot um, for them to look forward to in the future. So um, it will be interesting to see, interesting to see how they go. Again, a team that really could push for promotion or um, maybe not even make the top four.
2: Matt, do you want to get into the CPL round one fixtures?
0: Let's start with the first game is Queanbeyan versus Brindabella Blues. Saturday, April 2nd, 3 p.m. at High Street. This should be a, a very good one because they have obviously most recently played in the FA Cup and the Brindies always push Queanbeyan in that regard. Canberra White Eagles versus Wagga City Wanderers. Saturday, April 2nd, 3 p.m. at Woden Park in close. That should be another interesting one there. ANU versus Ugali. This is probably the match of the round, I would say. Saturday, April 2nd, 3.15 p.m., at ANU South Oval. Let's see. Um, this will be the, the real test. First game of the season. If Ugali can bring the sort of numbers that they were bringing in 2020, uh, like you mentioned, Chris, they have all the quality to uh, do well this season. And then we've got Tuggeran United versus Western Malongolo. Like you said, a big derby back in a day. Two of the uh, uh, Southern slash Western clubs in the competition. Saturday, April 2nd, 7.15 at AS Synthetic. This so that's where that comes from as well. The um, I'm assuming is still being redone, so that's pretty good. There's at least even if you want to watch one of those MPL, uh, sorry CPL games, you can uh, if you got free time on April second, you can at, at the night you can go down and watch at AIS Synthetic. Awesome, that's us for our CPL preview. Chris, thank you so much as always. Look forward to having you on the show again. Any last words um, from you?
1: No, look, uh, apologies for rambling so long. I think it's, probably no, it's been a, long ep- a long episode for you. But, um, no, look, thanks for having me on and uh, interested again to see see how it all pans out. Look, I really, my fingers are crossed that we actually COVID spike, or, or probably more importantly, the weather doesn't yeah. start. Uh, yeah. Taking taken matches off us. That's another thing we have to
0: mention. The weather's been crazy this summer, so I wouldn't be surprised if we have more wet rounds okay. as well this season. Michael, thanks again. How, uh, any last words from you?
2: Really interested to see how various teams perform, given their circumstances in terms of squads that have managed to bring in a lot of players after losing a lot of players and those that have actually managed to keep a pretty good squad retention. So we'll just see how everything plays out. But I'm expecting a very sort of close and competitive 2022 CPL season. I don't think you can say definitively who's going to get promoted, which adds to the level of excitement and the element of unknown per se. So looking forward to it.
0: And you can say the same in terms of relegation. Which we we yep, no, it's not very clear at all. It's going to be very exactly on both ends. All right, and this is our second preview. Next week, we will uh Jeremy McGann will be back with us for our MPLW preview, and then after that, all steam ahead for the season. Finally, awesome. Thank you very much, everyone. That was episode forty-five of the Canberra Football Show. Thanks for listening.